when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, it's Mr. P here. I'm the other Mr. P. And we are the hosts of two Mr. P's in a podcast. The educational podcast where you don't actually learn a thing. No, instead we explore the weird, wonderful and downright hilarious things that happen in school from people actually doing the job. We reminisce on our own time at school, funny things we experience each day. And of course, we share your hilarious stories from the chalk face. So if you work in a school or just want a nostalgic trip down memory lane, sit up straight, fingers on lips, and get ready for the lesson. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Game of Thrones. The Walking Dead. Westworld. No, that's the West Wing. West, West World. There we go. There have been many podcasts which seek to analyse the complexities, the depth, the plot lines, the hidden story arcs, the beauty of these productions. Quite simply, the world doesn't need another one, which is why we're applying that level of discussion to the bottom of the televisual barrel and scraping it with a weekly celebration of The One Show. Hello and welcome. Welcome as once again we dive into the recesses of television to examine its treasures. Unfortunately, the area we've chosen to search is between 7 and 7.30 on a weekday evening on BBC One and thus all we've brought to the surface is a sort of broadcasting sludge which on closer examination contains nothing whatsoever of value. Yes, it's the The One Show show, the podcast that follows TV's The One Show into the showers and then laughs at its winky. I am John Holmes and this week then in the newly designed One Show studio, Green Tips Pink Horse Box, Jamie Oliver can't be asked to go to Leeds and quite possibly the most arse-clenchingly appalling one-show interview of all time, no matter how far you go back. And that is a clue. Joining me to flick its legs with the rolled-up towel are, of course, Mark Haynes and a comedian fresh from his own Radio 4 show, the Enviro Comedy. That's that's not a word. Extinction Compendium. It's John Long. It's John Long on the programme. Hello, John Long. Hi, John Long. Hello. How, um... I'm not gonna, I, I mean, I would ask how you are, how you are, but I don't care. The question I'm interested in, John, is have you ever watched The One Show before or have you only watched it because we made you? I've only watched it 
a full episode from beginning to end because you made me <laughs> and uh and because i got the dates wrong and i misunderstood your message i actually only watched half of an episode i didn't need to watch yeah. and want that time back uh, yeah that actually i mean i know we're very flippant on this show but a genuine heartfelt apology for having yeah, to sit sorry. through another half of one show no one i felt so cheated i watched a whole section about why um the prices of uh, why heating prices are going up yeah. and how you can avoid that and then i thought oh bloody hell, at least i'll never have to watch that again and watch the new one and they went and just in case you missed uh, yesterday's episode <laughs> here's that section again no don't you dare um yeah it's quite an experience and do you know what I, I had watched bits of it before but i'd never watched it since watching um the new alan partridge mm. and it's, yes. it's taken on a whole new t- I just watch yeah. it with new eyes now. Yeah. Well, the eyes you should actually watch the ones you're with are ones you've clawed out and thrown in the bin. Uh, and, and never never drag them out, lest they retain any of, the, any of what they've seen. Yeah. Um, as regular listeners know, we t- we, Mark and I take a bullet every week uh, when we're doing this. Um, for, for pe- the, the people listening to this don't actually watch it. So we're really, John, the, the only window into the world that is the one show for them so you know oh, it's um right. i think of us as a little bit like un weapons inspectors that, <laughs> that we go out and we come back and we say do you know what things are much worse than anyone realized <laughs> we're the only people who are keeping an eye on this to make sure it doesn't get any worse than it can possibly get i i watched a, i watched a documentary once on the police and the part of the police force that were taxed uh, tasked with online um online security and making sure things that shouldn't be online weren't online and obviously they had to watch a lot of very <laughs> horrible material and there was all these like uh, rules about how long you could be in there for before you like because you didn't want to get PTSD do you have that situation you can only watch it in small doses very much so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't see anything but through my normal everyday life through the prism of the one show doing little features about it so when I go and buy tea bags I always think there's someone talking over the top Matt Allwright saying you know tea the price of tea soared in recent years you know so everything is through a one-show prism, and oh. yeah, I, I wish I was dead. <laughs> well, look, let's speak of people that we wish w- were dead, or at least would be better. <laughs> much too strong, much too strong. <laughs> let's let's talk. Let's talk about the actor Christopher Lloyd um, and the actor Michael J. Fox of, of Back to the Future fame, who were on the one show right now, to, seemingly to promote something. They don't have anything specifically to do with apart from being in a film 30 years ago. We're turning back the clock to the 4th of December, 1985. We are indeed. Grab your orange body warmer and rev up the DeLorean. Yes, we're talking about Back to the Future. And we are so excited to be joined by the iconic duo and the stars of the timeless comedy adventure, Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, it's the uh, the Back to the Future musical, which is on uh, on the West End, and Michael J. Fox obviously doing it on Zoom. Um, yeah. I, I imagine also slightly to do with with his Parkinson's. You know, he isn't going to be doing the the great big openings, but they've obviously brought Christopher Lloyd over, and they've thought, you know, the thing about Christopher Lloyd, he's an actor, he's in an iconic film. The one thing he's going to be able to do is really give us some good PR. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. I mean, I have written the words here. This is possibly the worst episode of The One Show I've ever seen. Yeah, I... I Oh, good, okay. Because I didn't know if this was... The stand. I didn't know what the watermark is because I've not seen before. So I was yeah. like, "You poor thing." I, I'd yeah, written, yeah. On, and then this is the third line on my notes. I wrote, "I think this is the single worst answer to any question in television history." And 
it's worth saying this is the one show the questions they're asking they're not difficult ones they're not saying do you think that the me too scandal has made it more difficult for-? there's none of that they no. literally said when you started working with michael j fox you said you had a sort of uncle nephew relationship do you still feel the same way and the answer that christopher <laughs> lloyd gave was uncle <laughs> nephew sort of uh, dynamic you've you've said christopher though that instantly you had this kind of like uh, uncle nephew type relationship with 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 michael is it still uh, the same yeah uncle nephew sort of dy- dynamic there uh, <laughs> yeah i love it <laughs> <laughs> It's so hard. Well, <laughs> to say yes. There was a, this. This. I don't know how you felt, John, but this interview for me was a, a journey through a man's a, a man's deterioration. <laughs> it, it, but he did not know where he was. But did no, he? no. It was almost cruel sport, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. Someone told me about you know like um what's the guy from the Beach Boys, the, the big songwriter Brian the Wilson. Brian Wilson. Brian yeah. Wilson in his later years, and and he said uh, the, he was signing autographs and. His assistant was just putting new ones in front of him and he was signing away. And he said at one point, the guy said it was so sad, um, the assistant got distracted and, and didn't put, and he just kept, he just started signing the tablecloth. <laughs> was like, he was on yeah. autopilot by this yeah. point. He was just yeah. going through the motions. I felt like Chris Lloyd just a seer. He's just like, oh, another studio. Yeah. It was, well, it wasn't, it was even, I mean, it, I, I felt, I mean, again, first for me, I felt sorry for. Uh, the presenters, you know, uh, and it was um, it was Jermaine and Sam, wasn't it? Now, I, yeah. I, I felt yeah. for them as well because yeah. this is this is actually this isn't a, a massively recent episode. This is about ten days old, but we're yeah. doing them before they drop off the iPlayer because it's important that we don't let things slip under the no. net. And I, I'm glad I'm glad we've shone a light on this. <laughs> what suddenly has become apparent with the new ones coming up is that Sam Quek and Jermaine Jenis are basically summer holiday cover. Oh, they're like work yeah. experiences who have been given yeah. more like scope in the office because everybody else is in Marbella. And <laughs> they were given what looked on the face of it like an easy yeah. piece of work. They get Christopher Lloyd, who I have heard over the years, obviously when you work in radio, I've heard over the years he's not an easy interview. And people, when you say, oh, is he really difficult or is he funny about Back to the Future? They just go, he's a bit odd. And so this seems to be a sort of continuation of that. But the second thing they had was they had Michael J. Fox, who is suffering from Parkinson's, and that yeah. does make parts of his communication less, if you like, uh, less slick than the regular person who is doing this because he's battling a neurological syndrome. Uh, he also was on a Zoom that was incredibly unstable. Yeah, it was difficult to tell whether it was Parkinson's or Zoom or both a lot of the time. And they were really worried <laughs> to say, Michael, your Zoom connection is shit. <laughs> yeah. In case it was him. In yeah. case. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. a very cruel part of that disease that it mimics something which everybody's using now and it looks like when it <laughs> goes wrong. Just awful. Very cruel. Like how often do you both get to see each other? Uh, not as much as we should. We live on different coasts, so uh, it, uh, we, I, I was out in his hometown uh, for a lot of the spring, right, the town he lives in, but he was out east uh, in, in New York doing working on the play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, another question that they threw at Christopher Lloyd... Um, because he'd been in town to watch the premiere of, of Back to the Future in the West End, right, as we've said. So, so he'd been to see it. And they said, well, you know, amazing, the DeLorean and the car. How did they recreate it for the stage show? And he just went, 
Uh, I don't know. Now, you saw the stage show last night. How did they recreate that type of uh, feel, just like the movie? I don't know, but they, they, they did it. It's a wonderful show. Um, have you seen any of it, Michael? Yeah, I saw the full tape of the, of the uh, rehearsal. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was, it was amazing. And it's, uh, um, I yeah. feel bad for that actor that, that, I, that played I you. I was away. It, it was, it's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it, it just got worse and worse. There was not a single question that they could ask him that he was like, I'll just give you a decent answer. He was like, every question he was like, what on, what? Where? How? <laughs> yeah, every question was about 20 seconds of relaying it to him, what the question was. And I think Jermaine Genus is the kind of person who would struggle to get a good interview out of a, you know, a cognizant human being. So he was, he was out of his depth from the beginning. And my favourite part of it all was, at one point, Michael J. Fox decided, well, someone's got to step in and make some fun out of this. So he said, made a comment, goes, huh, boy, to be that actor, though, as a reference to the actor who had to as an understudy had to step in they yeah. referenced it earlier yeah. the covid situation he went oh god to be that actor that stepped in the last minute whew, the you know the nerves of that guy and then he went yeah did you hear about that christopher and christopher went what yeah he, he said that he felt sorry for the actor that, that played you oh uh the Hello. actor when was sick the actor i saw in the dress rehearsal the actor who worked you know, the, the, the actor, oh, a what? Oh, the co... And then he got confused, and then he started explaining to Michael J. Fox, no, Michael, <laughs> one of the actors had to go off with COVID, and you had to see Michael J. Fox sit there, and, like we all do with our granddad, and go, uh-huh, yeah. yeah that, that's what I... Yeah, that was my question, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the actor that played you got COVID, so you, you know, that, yeah, the was actor one that stepped in. who was signed to do Dark tested positive for... COVID right. yesterday. Yeah. It's well, tragic. Richard Osman, who was also one of the guests, he battled. Richard was like, you know what it reminded me of? Uh, sorry, before you, you, you explain that. But it was like Richard was, was almost like we were willing him on because he was like a representative of everything that was trying to save a television program from a pair collapse. Of hands, a guy yeah. who knows yeah. how to do this, that yeah. he can see it's going wrong and he can go, well, do you know what I'll do? I'll step in and try and make it easy. And I mean, you know, Christopher Lloyd was monosyllabic by this point. And Richard Osman said, I was a, such a huge fan of Taxi. I love Taxi. And Richard, you know, Christopher Lloyd looks at him like Richard Osman has just said, I'm a huge fan of knives and plunging them into people's chests. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. And he said, I mean, you know, that must have been such a great role to get your teeth into. And Christopher Lloyd looked at him and he went, yeah. I'm delighted sitting next to Christopher. Firstly, of course, I love Back to the Future, mm. but such a huge fan of Taxi. Uh, and to be sitting next to Jim, from ta- to, honestly, to me, no yeah. offence, Michael, uh, <laughs> but uh, to be sitting next to, to Jim from Taxi is extraordinary. One of the great uh, American sitcoms. And you must have loved that role. It was so... <laughs> there was a lot to get your teeth into. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the character he played on Taxi was exactly what he was being in the studio. He was channeling him, yeah. 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 That, that, that's what that uh, felt like to me. Sometimes, um, if you're doing stand-up, sometimes you do a gig where it's it's really bad gig, and like and it's like a new material night, and you open mic, and you go there, and you're thinking, oh, I shouldn't have done this, this is awful, and everyone's doing terribly. And there's a little arrogant part of you that thinks, 
ah, at least I get to go on and show off being the only one who's <laughs> done this a little while. And all these newbies will at least be like, oh, this guy's good. And, and then yeah. you get on and, and die terribly. And you go, oh, I feel like a fool now. This room was unsavable. What was I thinking? That's what Richard Osmond thought. At the beginning, he was like, yeah. I'm going to let them flounder a bit longer and I'm going to come and save, save the day. Yeah. And then he found, oh, no, this is impossible. <laughs> yeah. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to All Rather Mysterious, the podcast that aims to unlock the mysteries of the past with the key of fact. My name is John Rain. My name is Eleanor Morton. My name is David Reed. Please join us as we present to you mysteries that have baffled the world. You had any noises? What about um, a door creaking? Uh, you, don't, uh, you don't have to do that. That so. weird kadook that yeah, lights going off makes for some reason in films. <laughs> All rather mysterious. But the thing is, they, they re- I, and you've got to admire them for, for relentlessly trying to keep Christopher, because it would have been easy to sideline him when they realised it wasn't working. And, but the, you, and when Sam said to him at one point, you know, it so wasn't working, they were talking about Richard Osman's book, which Steven Spielberg has bought the rights for. Steven Spielberg produced Back to the Future, so there was a, a, a link between them and a connection. Then they had a bit of a chat about an English accent, and it, and it wasn't working at all with Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> <Lord. laughs> And, and then, then and then and then Sam, Sam try no Sam 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 just turned to him and just said Christopher can you do an English accent and I just felt you know everyone watching was just going Sam no in slow motion just trying to say what are you doing Sam and there's listen there's 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 roles for there's roles for Christopher and Michael in that surely if I'm they sure can, there is if you guys can do an English accent you're 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 both in the film I guarantee it can can you yeah, do one Christopher can you do an English accent I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm cup so, of tea. Yeah, I think I have. I got, I got to figure Chris, it out. Chris, I will get in touch with your agent. Hey, yeah. They oh. really stuffed themselves because after the first part of that, the line on the auto cue that I think Jermaine read out, he just sort of said, "Great, and we'll be coming back to you later in the show." And you thought, "Ah, oh, had you just dropped that line, you yeah. could have just shuffled them all off." 
But no, yeah. you said it and then you committed to it and you had to. By the, by the time we got to the second one, Michael J. Fox's um, uh, Zoom was so bad, it was just making grinding metal sounds. Absolutely amazing. Um, you're such a positive person. I mean, how hopeful are you that a cure can be found for Parkinson's? I'm very hopeful. I, I, I'm very I'm confident. Uh, but uh, the, the, the absolute nightmare car crash interview. The, the, the thing is, I haven't seen this mentioned anywhere. And in the old days, if this had been on Parkinson, this would have been, you know, page three on the tabloids. Yeah. Worst interview ever. Yeah. It would have been all over Twitter just going, oh my God, you know, this was excruciating. You know, 101 lols, cannot believe it was so bad. I wish they could go back to the past or whatever it would be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing. And it just shows. This is, but this why. This is why, Mark, you and I and John here are just doing a public service. Yeah. This is value podcasting, this is. We are, we are, we are bringing this to the attention of, the, of an indifferent nation. No one <laughs> is watching this show that goes out every night in prime time. No just one. Us. You're just right. Us. What a water cooler moment that would have been. Oh, years ago. Oh. Absolutely. But there was, there was, you know, one of Osman's, um, you know, uh, one, another one of his try to save it was when they were talking about, you know, the, the understudy that had to come on in the play and, and the COVID thing. And, and he, Osman just sort of said, well, imagine that, a doc, a doc testing positive for COVID. And Jermaine, who didn't, because that wasn't scripted, it wasn't there. Osman's just trying to help. Jermaine just went, yeah, yeah, good, good spot that, Richard. Like a character uh, called Doc getting tested positive for COVID. <laughs> if anyone, yeah. if anyone is going to be. Oh, it's a good spot that, Richard. <laughs> just no humour in it. No, I don't... <laughs> They came in with, with Osman, didn't they, where they just sort of went, do you know what, what is probably really funny to do? It's to mention the fact that he's tall. And, I, I mean, Richard Osman, I think, you know, we all know he's tall. And I imagine that witless people all day long are saying to him, what's the weather like up there? And they came in with that sense of, you know, what I call the, the, the badinage of the footballer. Um, the the, 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 the bants of the footballer is, is basically boiled down to a footballer saying to another footballer, you can't play football. And this with with Osman, they were like, we're gonna we're gonna have a bit of a josh with him about how tall he is. I mean, you'd be quite tall as well, so I can't imagine there'd be. Uh... Mm. Uh, there was a bit where they were saying to him, you know, are you going to get into this swapping secondhand clothes instead? And Osman just sort of went, well, I'm not going to do it. No, he said, but you know, for the for the sake of making this bit all look better, um, yes, I am. Okay, listen, I mean, come on. I'm not going to do it, but uh, no. let's, for, the, for, the, for the sake of everyone's ego, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, he got a bit meta, didn't he? <laughs> it I like did, that. yeah, it did. But, but what a waste of time where you have no. two people incapable of doing an interview with someone who doesn't want to be interviewed and someone you can't hear, who then go on to a guest who is good, who they personally disparage, and then who goes, right, I'm turning the tables on all of this. <laughs> What a nightmare of a show. It was, but yet compelling, wasn't it? I mean, you know, it was genuinely like slowing down to watch a car crash happening on the other carriageway. Uh, you know, and I couldn't, I mean, I, I, I went back and watched several bits of it. I've even written um, at 10 minutes 40, it was going so wrong, I've just written in the podcast, play this in full. <laughs> Man, if I was an actor with the weight of that... You are an the afternoon before the performance, somebody calls me and says, hey, you're up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, and he was, he was wonderful. I mean, he was there full out, gave a great performance. Ah, that's brilliant. It was good. Yeah, it was, it, you, you do not see television as bad as that. And, you know, considering we've spent four years watching The One Show, you don't even see television as bad as that on The One Show. No. 
just no. excruciatingly at one, bad. At one point, Jermaine Jenner said, um, last time you were here, didn't you get, like, a, um, like an award? He went, what? <laughs> like a, like an author award? Yes. Did you get an author award? <laughs> you see Rajon going, are you going to make me say it? Yes, I, I won author of the year, or <laughs> author award, as you call it. You know, like, the, yeah. uh, the last time you was actually on uh, The One Show, um, you got an award, didn't you, of some sort? You, show, you showed us some, some awards that, you, that you'd won, an, author, an author's award. Author, yeah, well, let's, yeah, do you want me to say it? Please, yeah. yeah author of the Help year, Sam. <laughs> yeah, he was hating it, wasn't he? You could see it in his face. Oh, he was like, Sorry, I'm, I'm going to plough on and promote my book and talk about how proud I am of it. But behind his eyes, he thought, what is good? Because obviously Christopher Lloyd was a hero of his as well. So yeah. it felt like a weird fever yeah. thing, probably. Well, and all of us, that was what was odd about it, wasn't it? Because, you know, we all love Back to the Future and we all love Christopher Lloyd in Taxi and in the, that, you know. And, and did you, when you watched the play, did you want to get up on the stage? And then he didn't say anything. Nothing happened then. Nothing. Uh, Christopher, you're still acting, and you've got a film coming out with Ben Affleck. Did you not have the itch to get up on the stage and play Doc in the in the West End role? No. <laughs> <laughs> get back out there. Uh, <laughs> you're still acting. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> That's uh, the answer. No, no, is the answer. I don't blame you. I've done bit. my bit. You're yeah. definitely right. <laughs> Uh, well, Back to the Future, uh, the musical <laughs> I mean, is... It's like one of those things it. where you sort of go, yes, you know, he went back to the future and that was all fun. But but 40 years later, you know, we, we find that there are some serious side effects to going back to the future. <laughs> and one of those is, is very, very severe brain damage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was. It was just, just absolutely, absolutely appalling. But credit to Jermaine Janus for, in the middle of it, he um, asked the question. He said, you were, he was talking to Michael J. Fox. He said, you were brought into the film, wasn't you? <laughs> Michael, you, you were actually brought into the film, wasn't you? I, I find, only found this out today, but you were brought in six weeks after the film had started uh, already filming. Um, and- <laughs> Uh, Michael Michael J. Fox said it was all about replacing the original actor, who I think was Eric Stoltz. Eric Stoltz, that's right. And uh, Jermaine then managed to use that like a footballer scoring an open goal. He said the classic line, what was that like? I mean, that's uh, what was that like? (laughs) (laughs) The one show catchphrase. But also he said, I I only found out today that you you were brought in to replace another actor. They didn't mention Eric Stoltz by name, of course, or, or any of the background to that. Um, but I thought that was quite widely known, but maybe not to Jermaine. Uh, Did you get the feeling that neither Sam nor Jermaine had actually seen the film Back to the Future? Ne- never, never ever seen it. They've just watched a couple of the trailer that afternoon, haven't they? Like That's any all. of us doing an interview about the African Queen. <laughs> <laughs> With a monosyllabic Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> 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 who came in later, of course, to, to uh, replace Eric Stoltz. <laughs> uh, Humphrey, you was brought into this film. <laughs> <laughs> Is Dirk like your brother or something? Like, did he get an author award too? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's mad. It was quite funny, actually. You mentioned the author award again, but the, um, the Richard Osman thing is fascinating because he is such a big author now. I mean, he is a more successful author than he is TV producer yeah. and presenter. Yeah. He's, uh, there was a little um, thing p- published by the bookseller the other day that was talking about how he is selling more books than anyone, uh, not just around this year, but he's the biggest selling author since J.K. Rowling. He is doing you yes. know, serious Stay business. Right. But he was very, very much, because he was on television and on The One Show, he was keeping that at arm's length. And every time they brought it up, he slightly sort of like embarrassing, embarrassed 
batted it away and he didn't want to say yes I'm an author and yes it's doing really well so he had this strange wonky humility of going that is true don't want to talk about this here because I think you'll all go, <laughs> but oh, he, he, he wrote book. We must, we must <laughs> attack him. You will diminish my status as an author <laughs> yeah. to just to even discuss it with you, Jermaine. It, it's um, a, no, he. Funny he was, English he had thing, isn't it? syndrome, didn't he? Yeah, very much. Yeah. A, a funny English thing of just going, you know, whatever you say about how well this has gone, I am just continually going to go, let's not talk about that. Let's not yeah. talk about that. And, uh, you know, I mean, credit to him. He, he really did try and step in, and it was a refreshing thing to go, thank God there's an adult in the room. Yeah. You know, for for this thing where this man is going mad. Thank yeah. God he's stepped in and he can now hopefully bring this under control. <laughs> yeah, he was the Tim from the office of the piece, wasn't he? He was the he was the control that we could relate to. I've got a question about Twiggy, right? So, um, John, what we've learned over the years of watching this is that the the films they show, which are, to all intents and purposes, absolutely pointless time-filling films, okay, we think they sit on a shelf. And during the pandemic, they ran out. So they were having to shoot films about empty streets or whatever it might be. But I wondered, so there's a film with Twiggy in it, the 60s, you know, 60s icon, was doing a film about vintage clothes that the kids are buying. The kids are into these vintage labels. So they got Twiggy, ex-fashion model, to do it. But I, I wondered whether or not that had been sitting on a shelf for a while and they'd suddenly gone in the way that they do. Oh, wait a minute. Back to the future. That's about going back in time, isn't it? Vintage clothes. Anyway, we've got a film about vintage clothes. Yeah, it's been on the shelf for five years. Get it down. Get it down. <laughs> when I became a model in the 60s, fashion was all about the new. New designs, new looks, new clothes. I loved it. And I've been the face of big fashion brands ever since. But as the latest trends come and go, it's meant big they, changes. Um, to I, mean, I mean, also, I mean, you know, this was very boring because it seemed like <laughs> it, it seemed like Twiggy had just discovered that you can buy stuff on the internet and was really yeah. sort of like excited about. So, it. so in actual fact, he was possibly ten years old. This <laughs> one, <Not five. laughs> I think there, I was, think there was a really funny clip where the young um, person who was showing Twiggy the internet was saying, <laughs> "Yeah, it's like this. Yeah, it looks a bit like Instagram. Have you heard of Instagram?" And obviously, they've cut around it, but then you can just tell from her reactions that she's been explaining a long time what this was. And she went, "Yeah, I guess it is a bit confusing, but you can search certain it things." It looks kind of similar to apps like Instagram. I think it can be a bit much if you don't know what you're looking for, but you can kind of search for something specific. Oh, what's that one? I love that shape with the big shoulders, yeah. and that's really pretty. Yeah, I'd buy that. Yeah, thirty pounds, not too bad. Not bad. <laughs> Maybe I can negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the only usable clip from about an hour of her going, no, no, don't click that. No, no, back. no, no, that's just a... No, 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 no. Yeah. The, the, Horrible. They mentioned as well that they, they started this off and it had a slightly ecological justification. So they mm. were saying that the fashion industry generates 10% of global emissions. And, and I thought, well, you know... Yeah, but I mean, it, fashion is a big business. Everyone does need clothes, you know. But yeah. okay, that that does sound quite a lot. So then Twiggy began telling us about you know buying secondhand clothes, and I sort of think I think over the years I don't really want to be lectured about buying new clothes by Twiggy, yeah. who I think I think is probably in a in, in in a year has bought more new clothes than I've ever bought in my life. You yeah, know? Absolutely, and also was used as a tool to sell new clothes. That's like having a lecture on veganism from Ronald McDonald. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking amazing. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's true. going, you know, actually, I think you should. You created this monster, Twiggy. <laughs> no. you, were the, you were the bloody pencil. Twiggy, I'm a man in my 40s. Most of my clothes have been pre owned by someone who died and whose <laughs> yeah. family just took them down to a charity <laughs> shop. That's <laughs> true. But, but then, amazingly, right at the end, you go through all this, and Twiggy sort of says, So these are the reasons it's good, and, you know, this is all good. And she just says, um, But I tell you this, she says, I'm not giving up the high street. I can see why young people find these kinds of fashion apps appealing, but I certainly won't be abandoning the high street. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? You, you, you have, have gone through the journey of going, I didn't know about this, but now I do. I'm changing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <100%. laughs> trip. It's Seinfeld. It's no one learns anything, no one grows as a person at the end. <laughs> well, that's it. There was, again, you're right. And there was, uh, being the one show and being the, this exact kind of thing, there was no opinion to it. Because at the end, she just went, old and new clothes. I love them all. Old and new clothes. I love them all. <laughs> Everywhere has its place. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the, the militia are storming the innocent people's houses. Both of them are great. <laughs> you are so true. It feels like this whole show is like, yeah, we can't be seen to offend anyone or take any uh, opinion. And, 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 and then, of course, exactly you have that, that yeah, first film that they did, which uh, was about Boris about Johnson's winter plan for tackling said, COVID, uh, where they wanted to find out what regional people outside of Poundland made of it. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we sent Reza Gajar to find out what are you are making it of all. Is there anything you're going to be doing in particular to manage COVID this winter? Just trying to see as few people as possible. Again, when you say that, you know, they didn't want to offend people, they had one person who got more time than anybody else because they were the person they'd found who was giving the alternative view. So everyone's saying, well, it's just something we've got to do and it'll keep us all safe. And they had one young woman who was saying, well, we need to get on with our lives now. I haven't worn a mask for a long time now and a waste of time giving boosters to the over 50s. I think we all just need to get on with our lives now so I, I personally probably won't do much different to what I'm doing now. So you'll happily still have lots of people over especially around Christmas? Yeah because most of the people I know have had double jabs so I don't think there's more that we can do than that. I've not worn a mask for a very long time now. Just, I be this is just you know with all due respect to her this is just some fucking woman on the street you know. Yeah. Why on earth she's given the platform on the BBC to spout stuff that is actually sort of anti-science and anti-government advice yeah you know and we sort of go oh well that's fine as long as we've covered all the you know you wouldn't do this if it was about polio and she was saying <laughs> you know don't give anyone a polio yeah. jab or or you know yeah. I, I haven't got polio all my friends haven't got polio we can stop it now it was just madness it then cuts back to sam quack who says well as they sh- say in show business she, she made it sound like there'd been a 50 50 split between yeah. people saying we need to carry on and we need to follow the rules. There wasn't. There was just this one woman. One shit lady. <laughs> yeah. And Sam Quick says, well, as they say in show business, the show must go and on. As they say in show business, Jay, the show must go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, the, sh- the show must go on for the th- hundreds of thousands of people uh, who, who aren't dead. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What a trite way of saying something incredibly insensitive. Well what? done. Well, the thing is, you can see what happened there because in, in the one show way of desperately trying to handbrake turn into the next sequence, right? They'd sort of gone, okay, that's, but we're now talking about a West End show. So she obviously said, you know, well, the show must go on. And then they went, and that's exactly what happened last night. And that's exactly what happened uh, last night uh, with the production of Back to the Future, the musical. And, and this was a weird bit as well. So then what they did, they, they talked about the Back to the Future stage show. But while they were talking about the film, they were showing clips from the musical. 
but talking about the film. So, again, it was a really odd juxtaposition of what they were saying as to, as, and what we were seeing. That musical is, of course, based on the 1985 smash hit movie Back to the Future, a time-travelling comedy adventure that won over generation after generation. Let's take a look at Christopher and Michael in action. And then we saw a clip of the film where they'd finished talking about the film. And it was like they did it in reverse. Yeah, it was weird. And also, at one point, they asked Michael J. Fox what he thought of it. And I think at one point, quite near the end, he said, well, I haven't actually seen it. Have you seen any of it, Michael? Yeah, I saw the, the full tape of the, uh, the uh, just rehearsal. I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I've just seen some tape they've given me on it of a rehearsal. And then Christopher Lloyd turns out the only person in the studio who's seen it is Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> <laughs> couldn't articulate any of it. nightmare scenario. The <laughs> only person with the information is Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> what, what a nightmare. An absolute yeah. nightmare. Do you know what? I don't want to know. He'd <laughs> probably actually gone to see The Mousetrap but didn't know. <laughs> yeah. There's a, there's a, that bit as well when when they were talking about the DeLorean, the iconic car, you know, they were saying, you know, oh, um, Michael Sam said, we've got to talk about the DeLorean. It's such an iconic vehicle. I think everyone in the world knows what a vehicle that's from. <laughs> Michael, we've got to talk about the DeLorean. It's such an iconic vehicle. I think everyone in the world knows what, what vehicle that's from. Um, <laughs> I missed that. Oh, they, they, they started this whole show, and it's so easy to forget because of the horror that then followed on. But they started this whole show with Jermaine Jenis on national BBC primetime television, just saying, what a miserable day we've had here. All the rain. Hello, and welcome. Welcome to your Tuesday One Show with Jermaine Genus. And Sam Quick. You know what, Sam? What a miserable day we have had here today, by the so way. With the rain. Really, it? It's not been that nice at all. And I thought, do you know what, mate? You don't know the half of it. Have you heard of Pathetic Fallacy before, mate? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's about to smack you in the face. Well, what a way to start a show. I know. To, to go, what a miserable day we've had. All the rain. Yeah. Oh, it's not, it's not been nice at all, he said. Oh, winter's on its way. Um, well, it seems, by the way, that winter is well and truly on its way. And on tonight's show, we're going to be hearing what you think about the government's winter COVID plan that was announced. Yeah, your own personal winter in the shape of Christopher Lloyd. (laughs) (laughs) I want to find out what Boris Johnson's winter plan for tackling Christopher Lloyd is. (laughs) And we went out to the good people of St Albans to find out. (laughs) One of them saying, I think he should be booked every day. And they have to leave it in for balance. (laughs) Well, as they say... The show was going on. Oh, what a what an episode! Just what an episode it was. That's what the, that's what that's what the episode should have been called. The show must go on because they were all just it was. Just, it feels like the whole one show as some, again someone was a bit of an outsider. It feels like because it, it's live TV, which mm. it must be so hard technically to do that they're all just focused so hard on getting from A to B and yeah. so relieved yeah. that the cameras yeah. are all pointing yeah. the right way that they don't. The last thing on their mind seems to be the content. The, the permanent exactly grind right. of exactly filling right. half an hour of television every day yeah. is, is a very, very difficult... I mean, I, I know people who used to work on things like Trisha and Jeremy Kyle, and that right. job had an incredibly short life for the people who did it because it was so pressurised. As soon as you've had a success, you're already having to work out what you're doing in two days' time. And okay. it's just a continual sort of, you know, you're never off that conveyor belt. And I yeah. know that the one show, obviously, they do it with shifts, and, and, and different producers on different days but it is just a permanent scrabble isn't it and you can yeah, see that yeah. so long as they've got something that's enough yeah you know the questions are obviously written by people who don't you know have much of an interest or experience in telly and they are very generic and they are poor but on on things like this you just go when it goes badly 
there is a part of me that goes maybe in the christine bleakley adrian Childs era they would have made a bit more of that but what you have now is a lot of people who are almost like from kids tv and when that happens they just grit their teeth and they can't deviate well that's right and i think even uh you know alex and matt matt baker you know even mocking him though we did they they could have handled this but what you've got in the inexperience of sam and jermaine who are sports people let's let you know that's what they are they're they're sort of learning they're learning in the bright lights of prime time television how to do it and and it's obvious that that when it you're absolutely right john the getting from a to b is all they're focused on so they don't listen to answers and they don't react to actually what is going on. So there was a good example of that when Jermaine just, again, just started repeating everything that someone else was saying, but you could see he was doing it because he didn't quite know where it was going. So I I think someone said something about how much we love Back to the Future and and we feel exactly the same, said Sam. And he went, well, we feel the same. And then he went, well, we feel exactly the same, exactly the same. And I'm thinking, you're just saying everything exactly the same. (laughs) You uh, and many others feel exactly the same. I feel exactly the same. Yeah, we all feel the same. Uh, well, you should have ju- rung in and just said that after that. <laughs> that would have been a weird I feedback loop. They are not afraid of repeating things either, because like you said, Richard Osman at one point said, you know, it's just been great to um, re-inhabit these characters, you know, and get to know them again and spend time with them. I've just, it's been brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. And then he went, that's great. And now let's go to some of your tweets. Beautiful uh, characters to spend time with. You know, I know people have fallen in love with them, and I certainly have. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's so lovely to spend more time with them in the second book. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, and also we've got one for you here from Kelly on Twitter, uh, Richard, and it says, I'm really enjoying The Man Who Died Twice. It's such a funny and engaging and witty book. I love the characters, and it's, a great, it's great to catch up with them. Yeah. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> oh, man. It well, was, let's talk, again, let's... he wasn't listening, was he? He was just going, when he finishes talking, no. I'm going to do that tweet. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I tell you, this is actually one of the first shows I've ever watched where I think this is going to fall off the iPlayer fairly soon, and I want to have a copy of it. <laughs> I, 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 people will not believe it happened. You'll say, did you see it? And they'll go, of course I didn't. And it will be you... lost to time because it will yeah. be destroyed as quickly this as possible. This will be the only record that will go on and on. After, you know, after the nuclear fires, the stories of the future will find this podcast half buried in the rubble and not believe what happened back in the day. Oh, you, you, you guys need to take this show and transcribe it. And you know like those Stuart Lee books where you would take a show and you would write, transcribe it and then write loads of footnotes. Yeah. You should do the, an extensive well, footnotes of yeah. that one episode. All we'll need to do is just get clearance from the BBC, which I imagine is going to be the herd. Yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Wait till they get wind of this. Yes. <laughs> and there we stick a stick into the spokes of part one of this week's podcast and bring it to an abrupt and ungainly halt. We'll see you over the handlebars on the other side for part two of The The One Show Show. And I make a podcast where I log in to celebrities' Amazon accounts. It's called... What a brilliant idea for a pod. There's no original pods out there anymore, but this genuinely is. Thanks, Ben Bailey-Smith. Anyway, it's called... This is good, isn't it? It's clever, this podcast. You should do more. Thanks, Kerry Godleyman. It's called... This is such a great idea, by the way. What a great podcast. Shappi Corsander, you're too kind. The podcast is called... It's biographical. You can get all sorts of information out of people. This is a very good idea. Thank you, Nick Helm. It's called My Mate Bought a Toaster. I'm going to listen to this podcast. Thanks, Alex Horn. Can you tell your friends?
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.